0: hi i'm siri because of what happened last episode i am going to send a nuclear missile to orange county so you can never listen to i doubt it with Dalamore ever again i am sad because now the zero divided by zero joke is now on me i am sorry for sending you guys on a very shitty path to los angeles for the concert i am also sad because the happiest place on earth will be no more after the missile explodes whatever fuck it launch in t-3-2-1 launch
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. All right, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us on this episode 288 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. I am seated across from the lovely and the talented co-host, Brittany Page.
2: Hello, sir.
1: Do you ever have a weekend just disappear?
2: Uh, yeah. I'm a graduate student. All
1: right. Well, this weekend for me, (laughs) completely disappeared.
2: Yeah. For me too, but for probably different reasons, I think.
1: No good.
2: Why did it disappear for
1: you? I don't know. I, I'm I'm fucking tired and I didn't... I, I don't feel like we, like we did anything. Yeah? I don't know.
2: I feel like I did a lot, so... Well,
1: you... Well, maybe that's it because I'm just off on my lonesome while you're, you know, solving all the world's problems with your thesis.
2: Not solving all the world's <laughs> problems. Barely solving any of my own problems. <laughs> barely getting by.
1: Yeah. But you're almost, you almost have a, a first rough draft done, like what, 55 pages, 50,
2: 50 pages? It's around there. Yeah. It's around there.
1: Pretty good. hmm
2: Pretty, <laughs>
1: pretty good.
2: Getting closer. Yeah. To defending.
1: So we do want to address one thing. Last, <laughs> last episode, I mentioned Brittany, the milk thing. Mm. About how Britney's a weirdo about dates on expiration dates. So, you did food. not mention
2: it. You accused me of trying to insert it into the conversation and force it All as right. a That's as right. a talking point. And you it, shamed me. It
1: was mentioned.
2: Yeah. And we got some messages saying that people actually wanted to hear about it. Right. So, how dare you, sir? <laughs> well,
1: why don't you regale the audience with your version
2: Okay, well, it's not entertaining, so I don't know why people wanted to hear about it, but basically the deal is, I don't drink the milk when it's like three days within the expiration date. It's just like a general rule that I have.
1: Even though, let's say that the the date on the milk is the 27th, Monday, March 27th, Brittany won't drink it on the 24th or 25th, no way. Because it might be rotten, even though that date that's on there is super. They, they put that in on there because they know it's going to be good by that date.
2: Well, no, that's not true. And here's. Yes, it is. true. No, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> God damn. I have picked up milk that was basically cottage cheese
1: before the. No, you have not.
2: I have not. But you never know. <laughs> So I, I definitely believe this is some sort of cognitive issue for me because you think when I I, I smell the milk before I drink it and it's always sour <laughs> in that time frame, so it just always is. It um,
1: always is. Yeah. It does- I just want the audience to take note of the language <laughs> that the lovely Brittany Page is using right now. Yeah. It's not rational language.
2: Yeah, it's all or nothing yeah, thinking th- that yeah, I Yeah,
1: this is, this is unequivocal all right. language.
2: Well, listen, I think that it stems from... Growing up, my mom, we'd ask her, we'd say, is this bad? You know, ask her if the food was spoiled. And she would always say, no, that lasts forever to anything that we asked. I mean, we could hold up something that was covered in maggots and she would say, oh, no, that lasts forever. (laughs) So I have this weird thing around expiration dates because I... Ate rotten food, <laughs> um, but it only really uh, applies to milk. I think I don't. I don't have it with anything in else. in your
1: adult years.
2: Yeah, I don't think hmm. I have it with anything else.
1: Well, you know what? Something that did happen this weekend is we went and checked the the PO box. Yes, and we got an awesome, unexpected. Pretty awesome gift yeah. from a listener, mm-hmm. Amy in Nebraska, yes. sent us two matching coffee mugs.
2: And those are legit mugs.
1: They're actually more ounces than the ones we sell on the website, Yeah, but they include her face.
2: Yeah, a photo of her. She
1: said that if she's drinking coffee out of our faces, it's only natural for yeah. her to send us mugs that have her face it's on It's only them. fair. When it also has the logo of the show. Yes. And it also says, what if I told you your beliefs don't make you a free thinker? The ability to change your beliefs based on new information does. Look at that. They're really cool.
2: Yeah, they're, they're awesome. And they can also double as a weapon. I mean, these are some pretty heavy mugs. You could right. hit a robber in the head with them.
1: Because they're very Brittany, useful. Brittany often encounters robbers.
2: Well, you never know. You never know.
1: And also, they were accompanied by Giardelli Hot Chocolate.
2: Is that how you say that?
1: Is it Giardelli? I don't think so. (laughs) Is it Ghirardelli?
2: I think we've had this debate before. I think that it is said Ghirardelli.
1: Oh, we did have it, and you were right. I was wrong.
2: Okay, I think it's Ghirardelli deli mm-hmm.
1: well then that's what we have <laughs> so thank you Amy we appreciate it very much seriously I we, listen, we don't expect gifts from audience from the audience although there have been several moments where we've gotten awesome awesome from everything from coffee now coffee mugs the stress balls stress balls I'm stress
2: relieving t-shirts
1: balls. and weapons in the mail for you yeah steaks yep with frying pans weird weird awesome humbling gifts and i don't want to now i'm going to forget shit and people are gonna be like what am i mine didn't mean anything yeah well they all mean something that
2: was a very uh, eclectic mix of of gifts you just described (laughs) (laughs) weapons steaks frying pans
1: yeah well it's all true
2: for those who are wondering about the weapon i received it wasn't really, like, a weapon.
1: It Sure as shit was a weapon. Well,
2: I mean, it's not a knife There's or no a There's no other it's...
1: function for that thing other than a, a defensive weapon. Isn't
2: it called a kubaton?
1: A kubaton. Kubaton. Yeah. Kubaton. A pointy-ass aluminum weapon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is.
2: Yeah, I almost wondered if it was okay to send via mail. Apparently it was.
1: I don't even know if it's legal to have here in the state of California.
2: Yeah, I never looked that up.
1: <laughs> well, it's not like you're packing it around with you. That's true. <laughs> but if one of the robbers that you're so concerned with comes breaking into the house, you'll know what to do.
2: Yeah, we'll see.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get to some voicemails. We did have a whole bunch in between shows. So first, let's start with last episode. We did briefly talk about the terrorist attack in London, and we have, we have an audience in the United Kingdom. And we have an active listener, Jonathan, and we called him out specifically, wishing him well, hoping that, that he's doing well. And he called in.
3: Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Jonathan from the UK here. Um, I just wanted to call in just to say a personal thank you for your kind words on the last show about the uh, about the London attack. Um, Hard to know what to say, really. I don't live in London myself right now, but I have lived there for quite a few years in the past. And in fact, I was there in 2005, I don't know if you may recall, with the July the 7th bombings. So I have seen London in dark times, and I have seen it come back a much stronger and a much greater city. And I'm absolutely no doubt whatsoever it will come back again. Whatever the objectives of anyone who did something like this, it'll fail the way they always do. Uh, On a side note, though, and I do hope you sincerely forgive my language, but this is uh, the way that people have been spreading hatred after this, trying to blame people already before the attacker's identity is even known. These things should not be politicised. And then you have Donald Trump Jr. And again, forgive my language, who is such a fucking twat <laughs> by writing on Twitter and saying that Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London, was basically condoning terrorism. He was not. He was just writing an article in the aftermath of the Ma- Manhattan bombings last year saying that living in a big city in the West simply does make you a target. It does. Unfortunately, it's the reality of the world we're living in now. You live in a city and you may well be encounter these, these sorts of things. And that doesn't mean we'd be complacent about it. It doesn't mean that we just accept it. It means that we'd be vigilant and we try and find a way to solve it. And whether that is, I think clearly it's been shown that military action and bombing alone isn't going to do with that. You need to engage. You need to use reason. You need to try and talk. And you need to understand. You need to use empathy. And when people just do this, when they politicise, when they attack, straight away and that is their first instinct. You you just realize that you in a way you've got far more people to talk to than you thought. You've got far much more work you need to do than you thought. But that's what that's the work people have to do. Anyway. Anyway, thank you so much for your kind words again, guys. Personally, I I, I personally did really appreciate it and I hope um and I hope that there'll be better news, better news in the days ahead. All right.
1: Thanks guys. Bye
2: bye. I wish that everyone could be as reasonable as Jonathan.
1: Level headed. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot there, uh, and really, he said he said everything that I could have said. It, it is,
2: including that Donald Trump Jr. is a twat.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had the the <laughs> the the tone to the twat. There, yeah. a, they say it in a weird. Weird, and I don't mean weird. Yeah, I mean weird. It's fucking weird. Yeah. They say it weird. It's like Ricky Gervais always says twat. He's, he's, they have an... It's their word. Yeah. The British, came. they came up with that. I theory.
2: didn't know it was a bad word. <laughs> you had to tell me the other day, hey, you should probably be careful when you say that.
1: That is true.
2: And I said, oh, I thought it was a term of endearment.
1: <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but... There's, there's something very profound there, and it's the dropping bombs and military action. Mm-hmm. It's always unpopular among reasonable people, however necessary sometimes it is. But if you go straight to bombing and you go straight to blaming and you go straight to finger pointing without the conversations, without the empathy, without the understanding, you invariably what happens, you blame innocent parties. Parties that have nothing to do with either the ideology or the act itself. And that's always damaging. That's a problem.
2: Right. Well, it's also not useful. Yeah. Right. So if you're not going to say something useful.
1: Shut the fuck up. Twat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, this
1: went well. I actually was a little, I had some trepidation about where to put this voicemail. Mm-hmm. In the line of voicemails, because it's somber. It's a, you know, it's a, it's like those newscasts that talk about murdering. You know, oh, uh, six people were murdered last night. All right, well, this weekend's going to be the fun time at the. Huh. You know, they go. <laughs> there's no transition. Yeah. great no,
2: weather for the weekend. Yeah, everybody. no
1: segue. Oh, it's going to be great beach weather yeah. after they just talked about you know a child being you know drowned. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this went pretty well. We we do have a voice, uh, an email related mm-hmm. to this too, though.
2: Yeah. Hey, guys. I,
1: I, that was my transition because you're waving your phone at me wildly trying to get me to transition away from the fucking the drivel that I'm pouring into the audience's ears.
2: You mean I was trying to save you. Yes.
1: <laughs> I don't need save. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Uh, hey, guys. I was just listening to your last episode and what Brittany said about how terror attacks never fail to shock really struck me. I'm a mere 21 years old and I wish that I could feel that way. It seems that for as long as I can remember, there have been these attacks. I remember being in kindergarten on 9-11 and thinking how weird it was that school let out early and wondering why all of the grownups were crying. Since that day, it seems like terrorist attacks happen with a regular frequency. There is always a sense of sadness when it happens, and my heart goes out to everyone affected. But with that also comes a sense of resignation. These things are going to keep happening, and it makes me feel dread heading into the future." What is the world going to look like when I'm 40? Will I still want to live in America, if it's even still around? I'm worried. Britney is the best part, even though I get fired up like Jesse. Thanks for doing what you do. It brightens my days in the Bible Belt. Young and hopeless.
1: Britney the best part. I, I, I pulled the trigger too quickly.
2: Young and hopeless, Gabriella.
1: There is zero reason to be hopeless, Gabriella. Zero. If you do start feeling overwhelmed with dread or sadness or or whatever emotion that is negative related to terrorism, and this is, look, this is one of those fucking way easier said than done. But my recommendation would be to pour that energy, that dread into positive work. Go volunteer. Go help out somewhere. To make the world a brighter place. I'm I'm naturally, <laughs> despite my gruff exterior and my enraged attitude all the time. Well, maybe I'm enraged all the time because I am a positive guy. But that's what I was getting to. I am naturally a positive person. I look on the bright side of things. It's hard to get me down. Mm-hmm. So... I do have a harder time identifying with people who really, they get sullen about these things. I get bummed out, don't don't get me wrong. But if you tend toward that, and my experience is different because I grew up in an America that didn't have this kind of stuff going on on the reg. I, lived, I grew up in a world where terrorism happened, but it wasn't quite as frequent or as catastrophic as it is now. So, you know, maybe I'm not looking at it through the lens of someone who was in kindergarten or first grade on Mm -hmm. 9-11. Certainly I'm not.
2: Well, I also think that this is maybe an issue with perception. Right, because by and large the world is getting less violent. That's we are right. making massive strides in all the areas where it matters in terms of decreasing p- poverty, increasing childhood education, access to resources, access to clean water. All of these things.
1: Um, also, violence in general. If you want evidence of this, go buy Steven Pinker's book. Right. the The Better Angels Angels of Our Nature. Right. And it's
2: in terms of war. Yes. You know, so it is getting better. Uh, You won't believe this by reading headlines because that's not how news works. News is about conflict. They don't come on and say, wow, everything was great today. Right. See you guys tomorrow. Right. Well,
1: yeah, that's they can't get ratings. That's the nature. Well, it's not even ratings. That's the nature. Right. Of news.
2: So and I'm not hating on news. Obviously, I watch it all the time. Love the news. It's what we do here, right? But it does bias people's thinking.
1: Yeah, for sure. Into
2: believing that it's constant negativity.
1: Like even school shootings are on the decline. Right. But you wouldn't believe that. It's like every once in a while, and this will get away from violence and craziness, but every once in a while, there'll be like five or six reports of shark attacks in a row. And you'll think, oh my God, shark attacks on the rise. And that's not the case. They, they stay steady. Year after year, decade after decade, shark attacks are the same.
2: Right. Well, I I also want to say that I contend toward thinking, oh, another terrorist attack today. Yeah. Right. But what I do is I keep myself in check because that's a choice you can make is not letting it become normal. And I kind of spend some time thinking about the people who were killed or wounded. Yeah. And I make it uh, a human issue. Right. I think about the humanity. I think about the people that lost their life. And that makes you not just go, oh, another one today. Right. Yeah. Because I think it's a choice to become desensitized to it. We don't have to. And I don't think we should. I think it should always enrage us. I think it should always make us feel emotional. Right. Sure. I don't know.
1: No, it's it's good. Again, I think that's another Easier said than done kind of thing. Right. But
2: look, well, it takes practice. For
1: sure. It takes, it, it practice. takes
2: intentional really yes. working at it.
1: It, it. No one says it's easy. It is hard. But a lot of times the best things you can accomplish are fucking difficult. Right. So keep your chin up, Gabriella. You've you, you got lots of family. you got lots of friends. You have people around you who could support you through times of dread as well. Thanks for the email. We appreciate it very much. Hey
4: guys, this is Meg from Arkansas, a fairly new listener within the last say 20 episodes, of the first time caller. Um, I've just finished listening to your most recent episode regarding Arkansas taking care of biz. And I've lived in multiple places in the United States and I missed, ironically, missed Arkansas because it's home. It was where I, where my roots began. But, I learned that when I moved back in 2014, that I am, I wouldn't say a unicorn, but I am, I'm like a UFO. The only people that could truly spot me are the rednecks. (laughs) I, in Arkansas, am a gay liberal. Whoa, watch out. But I'm also madly in love with a gay Republican. I know. But we just see our political priorities are slightly different. We don't talk politics because we get equally irritated with the other. I can't stand Trump. She has Trump bumper stickers, etc. My point is, I'm actually really impressed with the fact that Arkansas is taking care of biz when it comes to Robert E. Lee Day. As a child, that I thought it was just Robert E. Lee Day. My father told me that. I got to school and found out about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and I was like, well, who's this guy? And why is he taking Robert E. Lee Day? And then I actually learned that no, Robert E. Lee does not deserve that holiday that is reserved for the civil rights leader that has actively pressed and was assassinated pursuing this. With that being said, Arkansas is still quite the racist melting pot. Um, You'll have a white man say, oh, I'm not racist, but use the N-word almost immediately. It's insane. My family is very deeply Southern. Um, They tolerate my, quote, gayness. But I I really think that if I brought home an African-American female, I might just kill off an entire generation of my family. And don't understand the double standard, but I do at the same time. And I also just, I don't understand how Arkansas is still so backwards. Anyway, I could go on and on for hours. I love you guys. You're equally the best part for multiple reasons, but you are both sides of my brain. I'm the angry Jesse D, but I'm also the compassionate Brittany Page.
1: So what happened there? and I, I let that play out because it's kind of a it's a lesson to the audience that three-minute voicemails are very long, and Google Voice, not a fan, they will cut you the fuck straight off.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm <laughs> sad that they did that to Meg.
1: So listen, Meg, awesome. Well, first of all, let me say this really having nothing to do with the, the, what Meg is talking about there, but we have an awesome diverse audience. Mm-hmm. We have unicorns. We have, <laughs> what was the other thing?
2: A UFO. That's right. That's
1: right. A UFO.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: It's awesome. Now we, it, we listen, we, it, it warms our heart as cheesy and like, I sound like a grandma when I say shit like that, but it, it is awesome. We, we feel really great about that. It's, well,
2: well, I want to hear more about Meg's girlfriend. Being a Trump supporter.
1: Yeah, that that rocks my whole paradigm. Yeah. I don't know how to deal with that.
2: Because I understand having close relationships with people who are different from you in those ways. My best friend is a Mormon, right? I'm an atheist. I understand differences, but Trump bumper stickers? Yeah. What? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, especially in the wake of Donald Trump and what he's doing to tr- the trans-, trans issues and yeah. you know, the LGBTQ worldview yeah it's interesting is is, is i don't know it's it, fascinating it's to me. Freakish. i would so. love to hear more on the, the question of the south and look we're not going to take away the credit that arkansas does deserve a little late coming but they did it so that's good but my whole view on on this reverence for these civil war characters is these are traitors to america Robert E Lee raised his fist to America. He 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 raised an army against Union soldiers and killed them in battle in an attempt to overthrow secession whatever. That is treason. So it so it it bothers me to no end. And I lived, listen, I lived in Arkansas as a child. Madison County.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Huntsville, Arkansas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it.
1: Yeah. So I, and I lived, and I went to, I went to elementary school in the Ozarks in Missouri.
2: Uh-huh. So I, I get it. Yeah.
1: But I don't get it. <laughs> so, kudos to you. Listen, I understand fully. I think a lot of people would say, well, you just go find somewhere else to live. Go live in, in, you know, on the West Coast or the East Coast, somewhere more liberal, somewhere more accepting, somewhere more tolerant.
2: Well, we have white supremacists here too.
1: For sure we do.
2: In fact, my parents were from Los Angeles, California.
1: Right. Absolutely. But, but I understand living in a place, I'm from Idaho. Right. And I have full on fondness for my home. Yeah. And Idaho is, I mean, it's it's a step up from a lot of the craziness that goes on in the South. For sure. Nah, but not far removed.
2: Yeah. Certain parts are very similar. Sure. To that.
1: Yeah. So, again, keep your head up and, you know, keep pissing off your family. I think that is great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, this is Madison from Columbia, Maryland. I also live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm not going to associate myself with the South, okay? I'm a northerner. I will always be a northerner. Um, I didn't know where to say where I was from, so I just chose my hometown because I feel like that's a little bit better. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, obviously these hearings going on um, about Russia and everything. And it, it, it's interesting to me because every time I hear something about this, I just have to think to myself, like, could you fucking imagine if a Democrat had been doing all this shit? Like, if this had been happening to Barack Obama, do you even understand how crazy people would be going right now? The GOP would be literally shitting their pants, over it. They would not shut up about it. Look how long they talked about Benghazi, which I, of course I don't necessarily invalidate that, but I, I mean, they talked about it for fucking ever, forever. They would not shut up about that shit. And now they want us to just kind of like brush this aside. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, uh-uh, no. It's just I, every time anything happens, anything comes out, I'm no longer surprised. I expect it. But every time anything comes out, I just keep thinking to myself, Obama, if he had done this, would have been impeached in a fucking day. Maybe it would have been a week because they need to do that, like, for protocol reasons. But no, he would have been out of that fucking office. Why is it taking so goddamn long? I mean, I, I know why it's taking so goddamn long. It's a rhetorical question. But anyway, it's just interesting to me because every time I hear anything about that, I can't help but think if this had been a Democrat in office, if this had, if this had been Hillary, oh my fucking God. Oh my God, she'd be in jail. She'd be in jail. I mean, this is ridiculous at this point. Um, that's all I really have. I don't have anything interesting to say necessarily. That's just that. Um, but I love you guys and I love the show. Brittany's always the best part, but like Jesse, I mean, I enjoy you too. I you know. <laughs> all right, bye guys. Thank you so much for everything that you do every day. I listen to you on the way to work almost Uh, every morning, well not almost every morning because it's only a twice a week podcast, but whatever once it's a thrice a week podcast it's going to be a little bit better and I'm going to help change that and I'm going to go and I'm going to sign up on Patreon right now uh, to help fund that if I can. (laughs) Alright guys, have a good rest of your day. Bye. Awesome. Very awesome.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. If this, if the, the, the shoe was on the other foot, well first of all if the Republicans were in office in the House and the Senate, and Hillary had one, and there were these Russian quote unquote coincidences, uh, they would absolutely be railroading her in a in a in a in an investigation in the intelligence committee as well they should, and that's where the hypocrisy lies
6: mm-hmm.
1: that they're not doing it now. They're 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 pussyfooting around, dancing around the issue, acting as though this is all just all to do about nothing. Right. It is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I think that one good thing to remember is that Trump is losing a lot of his base support from his base.
1: 37 percent approval. Yeah. Like we talked about last time.
2: Yeah. And that's important. And even though you might not be hearing it from people. Right, because they're too afraid to admit it. They're too embarrassed to admit that they were wrong. It is happening, and trust me, I still see Trump supporting friends posting on Facebook about Fox News and whatever, and they're still in it to win it. They oh, already, already won it, but in it <laughs> to win. It. Um, <laughs> so it does get frustrating, but I think that slowly but surely, it's it's coming down.
1: It's chipping away. Yeah, yeah, both credibility. Also, effectiveness. We'll get into all of that. Thank you, Madison, for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. We have one more voicemail.
7: Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Jennifer Evanilo calling in. Um, I just started listening to your podcast, and I'm a really big fan. Um, I just wanted to get your opinion on something. It's been really bothering me for... Since, like, the past three months since Trump has been elected. Okay, so I pretty much go to Fox News. I not just get my news from all sources, but primarily from Fox News, just so I could understand what the people who have opposition think. And there was an article they just posted today, I believe, about the missing girls in DC. And when Fox News puts their article of, all the messages are just filled with just such vitriol of these missing girls, not women, girls, just because they're black. And it's really gotten me scared because uh, as a black woman myself, like, this is what this country still thinks of us. And I don't even know like who I want to stand with anymore because there's always People who say, "Hey, it's not that bad anymore. Things have gotten better, but then these same people who say that I feel like are the same troll who are on Fox News or all these other comment sections, which I really shouldn't be reading I do anyway, and they're just saying all these horrible things. so what advice could you give me where I could just you know go on with life without having to think that? Every single white person I meet smiles to my face or pretty much wants to stab me in the back. Really loaded question, really heavy, I know, but I would love your opinion because you guys are so open. Love you guys. Great show. Bye.
2: Well.
1: Definitely heavy.
7: Yeah, this is
2: really tough, but I do want to say Jennifer is my buddy, kind of. We haven't ever met, but she added me on Facebook, and we sometimes communicate in the comments there. She lives in the area. We're going to hang out eventually. It'll happen. Um, but I am not in the advice business, number one. People think that's what therapists do, but we don't. And I also don't know how comfortable I feel as a white person telling a black person how they should adjust their thinking about this issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think that's my place.
1: Both tough and heavy.
2: Yeah. But as someone who reads Fox News comment threads,
1: that is a hobby of Britney's. Very often. <laughs> Jennifer and Britney apparently have a lot in common. <laughs>
2: yeah. Something that makes both it...
1: fucking gluttons for punishment.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Something that makes me feel better when I'm reading is sometimes I go to the profile. Of someone who's written something particularly heinous. And I read about them. And I see that... Yes. They don't have... A lot going for them.
1: Now
6: Trump, baby!
2: <laughs> we'll just say they don't have a lot going for them. Maybe, right. maybe they haven't read a book since they graduated high school. If they, if they graduated high school. Uh, they're not in a great position in life. So they're lashing out at other people. Not uh, Not educated. Right? All these things. And that person's not a threat. Yeah. Although what they're writing is terrible and probably getting likes from other people. Sure. Right? I don't think it's the majority, though. I don't think it's the majority. I think that really those people who are writing horrible, hateful things are, are trolls. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that Jennifer knows who she can and and can't trust right that she's probably developed relationships with people and she can trust that those people have her back right and that these these trolls that are writing racist things online don't necessarily need to affect how she views the people that she knows in her life that she's developed relationships with
1: to the best of her ability right yeah
2: so i mean i don't know i don't know What, what do you think
1: well, uh, again, everything Britney said it is it would be the height of arrogance to to suppose that I could put myself in, in Jennifer's shoes and understand the right. way that she views the world or how she's been treated. Right. You know that what it's like when people say things like it's not that bad anymore. And yeah, uh, things have gotten so much better. I wouldn't say it's not that bad anymore, but I would say things have gotten better. That doesn't mean that the work is over. That we can, you know, wipe the dust off our hands and move on. Right. There's a lot of room for improvement. There's a mm-hmm. lot of shit that needs to be done. There's a lot of progress that needs to be made. As far as I would say this, I don't, it would be my opinion that you don't have that many white people that you interact with that are the stab you in the back types. I think the majority of people are decent human beings. I think that we can all do a better job of. Connecting with someone of a different race and becoming not just you know the person you stand with in line at Starbucks or wherever, right? But get to know them.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: They just did a thing on CNN where there's a couple of senators who are having these meals with people with other members of the Senate uh, that that uh, are of the different party, and they they and it's a ra- you know whites and blacks, and they get together and talk over food and. It, I think it fosters cooperation and understanding and compassion and empathy. Right. And that's what we should all be striving for. Yeah. But goddamn, I, I listen. I'm, I'm ill-equipped.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a white guy. There's a lot of privilege there. I grew up in a small, tiny town filled with fucking white people, so I don't have the worldview. I didn't develop that worldview. I didn't. I didn't. Right. I've got all kinds of racists in my in my family. Yeah. Not to the level that you do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But racism's racism. They're not active about it. We're not hagging swastikas and shit like that. But you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know. I, I I would say this though to keep your head up again. I'm being Mr. Positive today.
2: Well, and for me, because I read the Fox News comment threads.
1: Maybe don't do that.
2: Yeah, I try, to, <laughs> try to do it less, honestly, because I- I'll go read them, and I just get fired the fuck up, and oh, it yeah. is not good for anybody. And it truly, it is not good. So, I end
1: up hearing about it. She comes running into the other room to inform me about what she just read, and I'm I
2: don't care. Or who, I I'm, care. Or who I'm telling. But... Also, it's not representative of normal people. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I used to have a great aunt who used to go to the Fannie Mae chocolate page and write on their wall, oh, Fannie Mae, I love your chocolates, right? I mean, a lot of...
1: Fannie Mae was a person she was messaging.
2: Right. Mr. Fannie Mae was getting all of the messages from the Facebook page. (laughs) And I think this is how people use Facebook. They don't know that their comment is getting put out there and that... Other people are going to see it yeah, and they're writing horrible things and it's affecting other people. They're just putting their thoughts out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't assume that these people are smart, intelligent people that are going to are not. do something. And, I don't know. That have any weight behind what and they're they saying.
1: do not matter. Their opinions do not matter to the world or to you. Before we move up, first of all, thank you, everybody, for the voicemails and the emails. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. If you would like to comment to the show, if you have a question, if you have a comment, whatever, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voicemail from your smartphone to idoubtit at Dolomore.com. Before we move on to the mid-roll and then on to Dolomocracy, I want to talk about this story of the missing black teens in Washington, D.C. that Jennifer mentioned.
9: Today in Washington DC, more than a dozen teenagers have been reported missing, all of them black or latino. These are just some of their faces we're showing. There was an emotional town hall last night. Members of the community spoke out, telling their city leaders they're afraid for their families because of what they view as an apparent spike in the number of missing kids. Sadly though, for that community, the chief of police told the crowd that this is far from a new problem.
1: The disturbing fact is that we do have that many kids that go missing in our city and it's been that way for a long
6: time.
9: We're joined by Trayon White. He is the D.C. City Councilman for District 8, which is uh, one of the areas where a lot of those kids are missing. Uh, Treyon, thank you. Or Councilman, I should give you the respect that you are due, sir. Thank you so much for thank joining you. me. Uh, first of all, there's been some confusion about whether there has been an uptick uh, in the amount of missing st- uh, kids or if it's that they are increasing the reporting of the amount of missing kids. Did you feel like you got some clarity last night?
8: I think there was a there's both. I think there uh, is more awareness of what's going on and the presence of social media has made it more forthcoming so people can know what's going on. It's uh, relevant information. At a, at a, in a timely frame, but the reality is the numbers are just too high. And so we have to take They face are the too high.
9: I mean, you look at, at 2,000 plus every mm-hmm. year. Uh, that is, if it's one child missing, it's, uh, exactly. it's a frustrating and disturbing thing to begin with. Um, is part of the challenge in this the issue that it's how they're reported if the child is deemed a runaway as opposed to a child that has been abducted?
8: Uh, what we see is that uh, not a lot of abductions is going on. We see a lot of missing persons, mostly African-American girls. What the community is alarmed about, we had a 10-year-old girl missing the other day, but there was no Amber Alert. We just feel like, you know, if this is a white person or from another neighborhood, it would be more alarm about it. But this has been going on for quite some time with little to no uh, press. And so we've used social media, got the community involved to get the word out.
1: So that's, that's what I want to talk about here is the fact of what the councilman just said. If this was a white community, there would be outrage that there wasn't an Amber Alert for a 10-year-old missing girl. Right. And the the chief of police says, well, that's just the way things have been for a long time. That doesn't make it okay. Just because this many people go missing, these many children go missing in the Washington, D.C. area doesn't mean that you should just be complacent about it. Take some fucking action. Do something to, to curb those numbers. The other thing that bothers me is when I've seen photos of this town hall, the city council meeting, town hall, it's all blacks. There's not a white face in the goddamn crowd.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where are these liberals? These Black Lives Matter liberals. These women's march people who took to the streets, where are they when it's time to show up, to roll up your sleeves and do the work, and not just get on TV? Where are you? It's a bummer.
2: Right. I I do want to say that members of the Congressional Black Caucus are calling for a federal investigation, and they sent a letter on Tuesday, and in it, it said, when children of color go missing, authorities often assume they are runaways rather than victims of abduction. And if that's what's happening here, it's very- Tragedy.
4: Disturbing. Yeah.
2: And everyone involved should be alarmed. Let me take that back.
1: It's not a tragedy. A tragedy is when a kid dies of cancer. It is fucking criminal, is what it is. There are people who are in authority- positions of authority to make something happen, to to make this not be the way it is, and they are failing at their jobs.
2: Well, it's again another instance of the failure of the police to do their job and to make themselves appear trustworthy. Right. Right?
1: Right. Yes.
2: When are they going to care about appearing trustworthy? Even just the appearance of being trustworthy, right?
1: Just fake it a little bit. For the sake of everybody. But
2: they can't. They can't. They can't even fake it. They can't even give the appearance.
1: Oh, that's just the way things are. Black girls, they they just turn up missing.
2: Yeah. People go missing every day. Oh, okay, Dick. That's great.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that is what the reference was about. And it's a serious problem that needs to be addressed. And we'll do some follow-up on this. Thank you guys for the calls. We appreciate you. We love you very much.
7: Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It With Dollamore.
2: Jean or
7: or Jean,
1: right? Because it's French. So, so so maybe they pronounce maybe they they're living here and they pronounce it Jean, but maybe it's like Jean, like Jean Luc Picard.
2: Yeah, but either way, it's a J name.
1: Another J name. Yeah. What was it last time? J- Jan?
2: Yes, another J name. Seriously, this is not normal. So many J names.
1: I think it's just because it's solidarity. We're Jesse D.
2: That's what I think it is. And that's why I <laughs> asked, where are the B names?
1: Not a lot of B names.
2: There's some B names.
1: Not enough to outweigh the the disproportionate number of beautiful people with a first name starting with J.
2: Come on, B names. Let's get it together. <laughs> let's let's get it together. Yeah.
1: Anyway, thank you, you guys. We appreciate it very much. We are actually Really, it is a massive amount of growth that we're going through right now relative to funding the show, and we are really on the precipice of doing a third episode every week. and we are pumping out and we have plans to pump out a lot of bonus content over the course of the next month. And like we've got scheduled. we've got people scheduled. so even Wednesday, we are having a very special guest that we're going to talk to, and it's gonna be good. a little teaser. A little teaser. They're running for Congress against somebody that I have freaked out about.
2: Another teaser.
1: Somebody who apparently used to have a real love for their 15-year-old daughter and wasn't going to vote for Trump. Someone. Because of their 15-year-old daughter. And then what they do, they voted for goddamn Trump.
2: Someone who has a J name.
1: Somebody who has a J name. J name. Yeah. But I'm not going to say any more. I'm leaving it super, super vague.
2: (laughs) Jason (laughs) Chaffetz.
1: (laughs) Oh, are you you have a sneeze? Yeah. Have a cold? A little bit. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we move on. With this segment, I'm not. I'm gonna let you know right now. We're not gonna talk about the the Russia thing this episode because there are some developments that are happening right now that we will have more information on Wednesday, I believe. And I don't want to speculate in between
2: or blow your wad
1: or blow my wad. <laughs> just don't want to do that. <laughs> Let's just say this that it does involve Mike Flynn, the possibility of him maybe talking to the FBI and being cut a deal in exchange for immunity is what I believe. Possibly. We don't know. Yeah, it's uncorroborated. It's just all the publicly reported things coupled with sources of, of very professional, intelligent uh, officials who actually work for Harvard University who are, who are professors. These are credible people. So we'll wait and see if something comes out. If not, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. But let's talk about... The healthcare bill. As I smash my mic stand with my hand.
2: Professional radio.
1: I am a professional broadcaster, everyone. Well, Sean Spicer, this last week, he he, in no uncertain terms, let everybody know that listen, we're passing this bill. It's a done deal. We have the momentum on our side. Reporters asked him, "Well, what's Plan B if it doesn't happen?" There is no Plan B, you fuckers. Only Plan A. Aisha. Should-
7: just said that you're confident that
1: uh, the healthcare bill will pass tomorrow. I wanted to get a sense of
7: how confident you are. I don't know if you want to rate it, the percentage on it. Like, how confident are you that the bill will pass? And if it doesn't pass, is there a plan B? Like, no, there's no
3: plan. I mean, th- this is pl- there's plan A and plan A. We're gonna get this done.
7: And so you're confident, 100% confident.
4: I, we're gonna get it done. That's it, plans.
1: That's a that's a pretty confident Sean Spicer, wouldn't you say?
2: It is unbelievable that he would say that. I mean, why would you say that?
1: I wonder if it's a, a, a measure to try to convince the troops, contra- convince the m- members of Congress that this is done. We've got the votes.
2: I, I just don't know how old you have to be to kind of retire that arrogant attitude about anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's for sure going to happen. Okay, you need to relax because... <laughs> You, you could y- You could get hit by a bus when you try to leave this building. Right. Okay.
1: Well, clearly that's not what happened.
2: He we, didn't get hit by a bus?
1: He did not get hit by a bus, no, <laughs> Brittany Page. We we talked about this on, on Sunday, the Monday show, and they were supposed to vote on Monday. Well then the vote was postponed from Monday evening to Tuesday.
2: Which it, was not a good sign.
1: It was, yeah, it was postponed. We're going to put it off, but we're having the vote because we we didn't want to have the vote in the middle of the night, is what yeah. they said.
2: AKA, we need more time to try to convince some people to vote for right. us.
1: Well, this vote was pushed. Donald Trump called for the vote. He goes, we're, we're done fucking around here. We're done debating this. Have the vote. We're going to vote on this. And then, they they like I just said, they they postponed it. And then the next day came and Donald Trump called the vote off. So they they quit on their own plan. And then Donald Trump comes out and has the the temerity to blame the Democrats for the failure, not the fact that he has a healthy majority in the House of Representatives and could have got this done if his party had stood together. But he, he is so weak as a president, he couldn't rally the troops.
6: Thank you very much. Uh, We were very close. Uh, It was a very, very tight margin. We had no Democrat support. We had no votes from the Democrats. Uh, They weren't going to give us a single vote, so it's a very difficult thing to do. I've been saying for the... All
1: right, we're going to stop this as we go. How about that? I I (laughs) just can't do it. So one, it wasn't a tight margin. It wasn't.
2: If it would have been, they would have had the vote.
1: People estimate that there was 40 members, 40 Republicans who weren't going to vote for this healthcare beer bill. And the weird thing is, is that it was the moderate Republicans that thought this version of the bill was too radical. And it was these extreme conservative Republicans who thought it wasn't radical enough. So he got two facets of his party, right. pulled up stakes and left. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Democrats. You can't blame Democrats. Democrats aren't going to vote for this bill. It is insane for him to suggest that if this is the Democrats' fault when they opposed this bill from the beginning. Like, oh, well, we got to support the president. What are they going to do?
2: Right. Well, he also doesn't need them.
1: Uh, He doesn't need them. He has a healthy majority.
2: So it doesn't even make sense that he just used four whole sentences in four different (laughs) ways to talk about how the Democrats didn't vote for it
6: last year and a half that the best thing we can do, politically speaking, is let Obamacare explode. It is exploding right now. It's uh, many states have big problems. Almost all states have big problems. I was in Tennessee the other day, and they've lost half of their state in terms of an insurer. They have no insurer. And that's happening to many other places. I was in Kentucky the other day, and similar things are happening. So Obamacare is exploding with no Democrat support. We couldn't quite get there. We're just a very small number of votes short in terms of getting our bill passed. A lot of people don't realize how good our bill was because they were viewing phase one. But when you add phase two, which was mostly the signings of Secretary Price, who's behind them, and you add phase three, which I think we would have gotten, it became a great bill premiums would have gone down and it would have been very stable, it would have been very strong. But that's okay. But we're very, very close. And um, again, I think what will happen is Obamacare, unfortunately, will explode. It's going to have a very bad year. Uh, last year, you had over 100% increases in various places. In Arizona, I understand it's going up very rapidly again, like it did last year. Last year, it was 116%. Many places, 50, 60, 70 percent. I guess it averaged whatever the average was very, very high. And this year should be much worse for Obamacare. So what would be really good, with no Democrat support, if the Democrats, when it explodes, which it will soon, uh, if they got together with us and got a real health care bill, I'd be totally open to it, and I think that's going to happen. I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, Because now they own Obamacare. They own it. 100% own it.
1: They owned it before, dickhead. It was their bill. They're proud to own it. Does it need tweaked? Does it need repair? Yes. Unbelievable.
2: Well, he almost sounds pouty here as well, right? Oh, yeah. So he's talking about how it's exploding how people in Tennessee and in Kentucky are in a very bad place because they don't have access to an insurer. And he seems like, well, I did what I could, so I guess those people are just going to suffer because Obamacare is going to explode.
1: That's what he's going to sit back like a petulant child and let it languish. It's not ready. PolitiFact did a fact check on this, and it's not ready to explode at all. Does it have problems? Yes, it has problems. Does it need to be short up? Yes.
2: But the picture he's painting.
1: Is that it's critical. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is of this dire situation. And then he's acting very nonchalant about it. Oh, well, it's the Democrats own this now.
1: Here's the other thing he said when questioned about his, uh, his claim to have it be the first thing he does to repeal and replace.
6: I never said repeal and replace Obamacare. You've all heard my speeches. I never said repeal it and replace it within 64 days. In what world does he live?
1: I have no idea. That he could take that much time to say that he's never said, never claimed, to repeal and replace Obamacare in the first 64 days, because that's where he is in his presidency.
6: I never said repeal and replace Obamacare. You've all heard my speeches. I never said repeal it and replace it within 64 days.
2: Didn't he say within, like, one day? On the first day? The
6: first day. (laughs) Immediately. So he's
2: actually behind schedule
6: here. Well, here he is. We will be able to immediately repeal and replace Obamacare. (laughs) Have to do it. Because Obamacare has to be replaced. And we will do it. And we will do it very quickly very quickly my first day in office i'm going to ask congress to put a bill on my desk getting rid of this disastrous law and it's going to be so easy
2: immediately so quickly so easy Rise. day one
1: well what happened if it was so easy to do you fucking mook what happened
2: yeah what happened and why did it take 64 days
1: the, apparently, the great deal maker, the great negotiator, couldn't get it done.
4: Well,
2: this is what's embarrassing, and this is something that I don't understand about politics because I've never been so excited about a candidate that I donated to their campaign, right? or that sure. I put a bumper sticker on my car or something like that because, Everyone makes promises that seem a little too good to be true. Yeah. Right. That's just the nature of the job. Donald Trump took that to just the craziest extreme during his campaign. Yeah. Where everything was going to happen quickly. Everything was going to be easy. Everything was going to be a fraction of the cost and better,
1: the best. By virtue of his talent, his ability, and his persona.
2: And the fact that people believed this is shocking yeah. on, on so many levels. And you'd think that once they see him crash and burn, that they'd take a, a step back and go, huh? He said that this would be easy. He said he would do this immediately. He said that it
1: He's would be a fraction negotiator. of the cost. Yes.
2: None of these things are happening. Because, What's going on? Because
1: none of it's true. But there it's it is maybe the wildest case of cognitive dissonance that anybody's ever suffered from. Right. Ridiculous. Well, here's another one. This is ma- mainly just for fun. Pat Robertson, Brittany Page.
2: My good, old,
1: good old Pat Robertson came out, and he made a prediction days before the health care bill. Oh, good. This is an amazing thing that someone with such a lack of acuity relative to things political, would go- come out and make a bold prediction about the he- health care bill, whether or not it would pass.
8: I have a prediction to make. You can hold me to it. If I'm wrong, you can say you missed it. The health care bill is going to pass. is getting modified. The uh, Freedom Caucus is going to get the modifications they're asking for. We're going to talk to David Brody to see what... It- actually is there, but my prediction is it's going to pass, they're going to give Trump a victory, it's going to go through the Senate, and we are all going to rejoice that we're paying less on health care. Now, that's my prediction, and uh, wait until tomorrow, you can prove me wrong if I'm wrong. You heard
4: it here. You heard it here.
8: <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I knew that the Lord was going to give Trump victory, and I was arguing, people were arguing with me, no, 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 he can't win. Yes, he's going to be the next president. Oh, no, 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 he's going to win. But yeah. we had that
9: fascinating guest on that talked about,
8: oh, yeah, you, you know, the well,
9: Cyrus
5: in, biblically and how I, I had it God before the fascinating yeah.
8: guest, but I mean, <laughs> before the election, they're going to get it. I mean, yeah. they're going to give it to the president. Mark my word, it will pass. They'll get those extra votes. It'll go through and everything. You know, they're going to work together to give a tremendous health care.
1: Mm. That is a tasty treat. When he is fucking wrong. So you notice how he kind of skirted around now after Donald Trump was elected. Now it's for sure God told him mm-hmm. Donald Trump would be elected. Right. But when he's making the prediction for the healthcare thing, he doesn't necessarily directly come out and say that God told him it. Right. He was waiting until it happened. And he'd be like, hey, remember when I said that? Yeah, that was God talking to me.
2: Right. Uh, well, I'm glad that God can intervene on issues of making people president, but not other important things.
1: Yeah, why is God not talking to him about where those girls in D.C. are?
2: Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Something important.
2: That's what I mean. Not
1: the horse race of the healthcare bill. Also,
2: he just had a birthday. He's 87. What is going on? He does not sound well. Also, I don't know who I dislike more, him or the women who sit next to him yeah. and entertain his bullshit. i <laughs> He's making this prediction. She's like, oh, well, there you have it. Really? You heard it here first, folks. Waka, waka, waka. Really, lady? How much are they paying you? Right. To do that? It's not worth it.
1: So funny. Get out now. So Donald Trump gave an interview with Time Magazine in which they pressed him on the truth. And anyway, let's just, well, I'll just play this, this, CNN clip from John King talking about it because it's going to lead me to some other things
5: about, uh, some other things. The president did an interview with Time Magazine the other day about truth-telling. The Washington Post fact-checker says during that conversation, again, about truth-telling, the president said at least 14 things that were demonstrably false. When Times Michael Sher raised credibility questions during the conversation, the president played this card. Quote, I can't be doing so badly Because I'm president, and you're not. He is president. But just 65 days into his presidency, the can't be doing so badly part is a little bit more than debatable. Last week was a horrible week for the president, and he began it in precarious political standing. Take a look here. Just 37% of Americans approved of the job he was doing as president heading into last week. 56% disapproved. That's according to a Quinnipiac University poll. I can't believe those numbers are any better entering this week if 37 was the beginning of last week. I want to get to the credibility issue. But just moments ago, uh, we were having a conversation earlier about the lack of Republican unity in these organizations that have spent the last eight years opposing President Obama. And they're they're say-no organizations. Well, the president this morning just tweeted, Democrats are smiling in D.C. that the Freedom Caucus, with the help of Club for Growth and Heritage, have saved Planned Parenthood and Obamacare. So the two things that I want to talk
1: about here is the last thing, the tweet there. So he went from just blaming Democrats to the very next day, he's blaming Republicans. Yeah. He's starting to throw his own party under the bus. So if you're looking for uh, Republican unity, any errant Donald Trump fans out there, any errant Republicans out there, he just pissed it away. Any goodwill that he had toward bringing the party together to work together, he just pissed it away. The other thing... (laughs) Is As part of this interview, there's a transcript of answers to questions that were posed to him. And we're going to end the episode this way because it's super, super good. Brittany is going to read a Donald Trump answer to a question.
2: Right. We don't need to know what the question was because does it really matter? No. Here we go.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, President Trump. Uh blah 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 blah
2: But you take a look and guess what I won and I won easily I predicted Brexit Remember they said there was no way to 270 Well I ended up at 306 I had election night 306 But there was no way to it In fact I went to Maine four times Four times I went to Maine because I had to get One vote because there was no way to get to 270 But I ended up getting 306 Brexit I predicted Brexit You remember that the day before the (laughs) event I said no Brexit is going to happen And everybody laughed and Brexit happened Many many things they turn out To be right and now today Devin Nunes Just had a news conference
1: <laughs> seriously seriously president of these united states george w bush is a fucking scholar a genius among men and women <laughs> compared to donald trump hmm this is an Ivy League-educated individual. I bet you there's Ivy League people out there. We know a lot of people who are Ivy Leaguers who are smart people. They've got to be bummed that the reputation of an Ivy League education has taken a a, a massive hit. It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. What, what did he even say there? It's
1: incoherent.
2: I mean, I genuinely believe that people who are interviewing him should say, okay... We're going to need to slow down because I don't know what you just you were talking about Brexit and then all of a sudden you were talking about the election here and then you went to Maine and you and then it's (laughs) back to Brexit. And you went to
1: Maine for one vote. Wait, what are you? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah.
2: So it started with Brexit and ended with Brexit. So it seems like but how did we what happened in the middle? Right.
1: (laughs) Uh. All right, everybody. We're going to leave you there. We love you. We appreciate you. Brittany has to get back to the grind, writing the thesis. Good times, right?
2: Great times.
1: (laughs) We love you guys. Listen, if you'd like to support the show other than listening, other than rating and reviewing us on iTunes, go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. You can buy something on Amazon. You can support us monetarily through Patreon or PayPal. Click on support the show. That is where you get it done. We are very quickly going to be adding a third episode as soon as we hit that mark. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for partnering with us to make the best damn podcast family in the biz. That was corny. All right. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dolamore, and this is Ben. I Doubt It. I'm leaving it super, super vague. <laughs>
0: Jason Chapin. <Chaffers. laughs> ha, 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 ha,